0: Peggy Hoyt.
1: Hello pet lovers. Welcome to All My Children Wear Fur Coats. I'm your host Peggy Hoyt and this show is brought to you by the law offices of Hoyt and Bryan where we create estate plans for pets and their people. Also brought to you by Animal Care Trust USA, a national nonprofit organization dedicated to keeping loved pets in loving homes. We do this by educating pet parents about the importance of getting a pet trust for their loved pet. We also provide pet trustee services. Today, it is my pleasure to introduce to you our guests, Katherine Pendergast and Lacey Bruckner, and they are authors of the book, Goodbye, Bella. So I'm going to tell them, tell you guys a little bit about them. Well, welcome, Catherine and Lacey. Thanks for having us. You are so welcome. All right. So these gals live in North Dakota, but I'll tell you a little bit about Catherine first. Catherine lives with her family in Bismarck, North Dakota. She has also written several other books, including award-winning and number one bestsellers. Catherine Pendergast's beloved 11-year-old Great Dane, Carmella, passed away on February 19th, 2022. Catherine and Carmella were a certified pet therapy team for the majority of Carmela's life. They volunteered working with children in their community. Carmella always knew it was time to work when she wore her uniform. She was an incredible dog and brought a smile to many children throughout her career. Catherine's other great Dane, Meadow, passed away on May 5, 2022, just shy of her 11th birthday. Meadow was a spunky Great Dane with a big personality who could make anyone smile with her goofy antics. And Catherine dedicated this book to Carmela and Meadow, the gentle giants. Lacey uh, lives with her family on a farm near Niagara, North Dakota. She is a licensed funeral director serving families since 2005. She has a special interest in helping children through the grieving process. Lacey's family lovingly cared for two little dogs, Max, a sweet Bichon Cairn Terrier mix, and Layla, a spunky Yorkie. Max and Layla were the best of friends. When Max died in 2018, Lacey saw that pets also grieve. Layla spent a moment with Max just after he passed, showing signs of sadness and grief. Lacey noticed that Layla needed extra cuddles and attention for a few months before he found a new normal. Things were becoming difficult for Layla in his old age and he crossed the rainbow bridge in 2022. Lacey dedicates this book to Max and Layla. So we have some definite dog lovers here. Thank you gals and welcome to the show.
2: Thanks for having us.
1: Well, we have lots of exciting things to talk about. And um, I, I absolutely agree that animals grieve just like people do. Um, and I sadly saw that firsthand when I lost um one of my dogs, Toby, and uh, her sister, Fawn, um, actually died of a broken heart about six months later. Ugh. Not even, I mean, they were six-year-old dogs, so there was no excuse for that. Yep, you know, it's really hard.
3: And that was, you know, you always hear stories that pets grieve too, but I had never actually experienced it until we had to euthanize Max. And uh, yeah, so definitely saw some changes in Layla.
1: That uh, yeah. For sure. So I like that you have chosen to focus on children and um, and children really um, have a different view of the world when it comes to death sometimes. And explaining that process to them can be difficult. So tell me tell me how you were inspired to do this for kids in particular, Catherine.
2: Um, so Lacey and I, we both work in the funeral industry. Lacey is the funeral director. And, um, I was showing Lacey some of my books one day that I had wrote and published. And we started talking about the tools and resources for families that have kids during the funeral process. And there just wasn't a lot out there. And, um, we decided to partner and and write a set of books to help kids during the funeral process and so we did that and it it went really well and we had just so many requests to do a pet version and so that's where goodbye bella really came in to existence and along with just both of us personally going through so much loss uh, with our own pets it just really was time for us to um, create that tool and resource for families that have kids and Lacey she has just always done an amazing job with kids and the funeral process and just has a huge heart um, for kids and i i do as well being a children's author i love um doing school visits visiting with kids and inspiring them and then also i was a certified pet therapy handler working with kids uh, the entire lifetime pretty much of carmella so um, I think we both just have really special places in our hearts for helping kids.
1: It sure sounds that way and thank you for doing that um because I know that dogs and kids your dog when you did your pet therapy they can help a lot in so many different ways with kids as well.
2: yeah, it was truly amazing. um we volunteered at a facility where kids lived and I remember someone saying, this is the first time I've, I've ever saw this kid smile in probably a month. And I thought, oh my goodness, he's, he looks so happy and he's playing with Carmela and just having a great time. And um, I think that dogs just, they have such a, a powerful effect on us and can be
1: really positive for kids and humans alike. Absolutely. I uh, I also had a trained pet therapy dog at one time and her name was Fiona and she loved the uh, reading programs with the children.
2: Yep. And that was initially why I was getting Carmela certified and then I couldn't volunteer at the library until she was fully certified so I had to have her volunteer hours in so I started volunteering at a facility and then we just loved it so much we never left and oh. never <laughs> actually ended up doing that program but a lot of the animal shelters have programs like that out there too and so I've been um kind of supportive on that and to uh, with my business I donate a portion of the sales to animal shelters too and stuff so just kind of all meshes together I guess
1: (laughs) I I love the way it all works together so um Lacey tell us a little bit about the story goodbye Bella
3: Yeah. So goodbye, Bella, um, um, kind of starts out with the aging process of Bella. So kind of shows, you know, the changes she goes through, isn't as playful anymore. Um, you know, maybe doesn't even want to eat her, you know, favorite foods and, um, because that's a lot of times with an older pet, what you're going to experience, you're going to see those, those changes. So the storyline walks, walks through that. Um, And Bella dies and, um, kind of walks through, um, Charlotte, the little girl, her mom asks, you know, do you want to see Bella? Um, which I would always encourage people to do, you know, that's okay to, to see your pet after they've died. Um, and Charlotte does. So she wants to, you know, to see Bella and spend some time with her. And, and then they, they, you know, do some things, um, to kind of memorialize her, tell stories, um, share memories of when Charlotte was a little, you know, was little. And I think Bella would eat the scraps, you know, the, the scraps off the floor and, and that sort of thing. So, um, they end up, uh, having a little funeral for her and, and kind of celebrating her life. And then towards the end of the book, um, which is really neat, they do decide to adopt another pet. So, That's, uh, you know, not, not always happens, but that can be another beautiful thing too. Um, I like to, you know, even tell my kids and, and encourage, you know, we have, we have lots of room in our hearts to love many animals and we're not trying to replace our pet, but if if we have the opportunity to bring another one in our home, that's okay to do.
1: Well, and I like the way it comes full circle. Um, Right. I also really appreciated the fact that as Charlotte was learning about um, Bella's aging process, that she was encouraged at every turn to remember to say, I love you, Bella. Um, So that if that opportunity was cut short at any point in time, um, she would never feel like she didn't have the opportunity to say goodbye or hadn't expressed to her dog how much she cared for her.
2: And that really came from real life. My son, he um, was really concerned about not having the opportunity to say goodbye to our dogs because they were older and sick. And um, Carmela's was kind of sudden in a way, and so it 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 truly came from the experience of a child.
1: Well, I I think it was perfect, and I think it's a good reminder to all of us to tell those that we love, people and pets, um, how much we appreciate them on a daily basis because um, eat dessert first, life is short, right? Right. Um, So it's a great story and, and for anyone who's listening, um, you know that in my book, All My Children Wear Fur Coats, I have a whole section dedicated to uh, remembering and memorializing our pets. So I love that um, you touched on that in the book. And there's so many different ways that we can um, share our memories of our pets with others and with our loved ones, everything from writing a song to um, in your book, planting a tree as a remembrance. Um, that's one of my favorite things to do as well. What are some other ways that you encourage people to memorialize their pets, Lacey?
3: Um, you know, there's there's lots of different things y- you can do. Um, you know, in our books, we have, uh, it's kind of neat, we have spots for kids to draw pictures um, and kind of personalize that. So, um, you know, drawing or taking pictures, um, you know, putting pictures up on the wall, to ta- and having the conversation, I think that's important. We're always so nervous and scared to talk about things that are sad. But, you know, when you hear from, you know, let's say parents who lose children, you know, we're always scared to approach them and talk about the child they lost. When in reality, they just want somebody to remember their child and to talk about it. And I always go back to that where it's okay to talk about the loss.
1: I think that's really good advice and and I think we do shy away from talking about those things and and yet you're right people don't want to think that their loved one has been forgotten. Um, I mean, it makes me sad to look at some of the pictures of pets that have gone before but it also um, makes me happy in some ways because then you can remember um, The good times are the reasons that you got them in the first place, or if you got them as um young animals, you know, their, their younger years and, and some of their antics that went along with, with that. Um, so tell me about some of the other books that you two have collaborated on.
2: So we wrote a set of books um, called In Loving Memory, A Children's Journey to Understanding the Funeral Process. And um, that one's actually two books. One is a traditional type funeral with a casket and um, body present during the funeral. And then the other version is cremation with an urn and um, just visually what kids see is quite different for those funerals. And so um, the storyline basically is the same. Um, There's a young girl that her grandma dies and um, she is going to be attending the funeral for the first time. So she sees what a visitation a funeral graveside service possibly would look like. And then um, she we get into some grieving mourning activities they can do individually and as a family. And, um, she really wants to be involved in the process. So, um, she decides that she wants to kind of participate in the activities that are happening. And, um, there's just sweet ways that they end up incorporating the things that grandma loves. She was famous for making her monster cookies. And so they incorporate that throughout the funeral, um, and then, um, kind of at the end, uh, they just continue talking and keeping the conversation open, kind of like what Lacey was saying earlier, that it's okay to talk about your loved ones long after they've passed away. And in that book, we also have places where they can write, they can draw, um, put a picture of their loved one right into the book. And so, you know, certain children, they might be more likely to talk about it some more likely to write about it others they want to draw and so hopefully trying to
1: um help as
2: many kids as we can
1: so what do you find um that kids believe sometimes about death
3: well i think you know um yeah they are not you know always entirely sure what to believe um but they they things are a little more simple for their beliefs are a little more simple and matter of fact. And so when you're having a conversation, I always feel like we have to go into some big elaborate explanation of things and a child doesn't necessarily need all those explanations, simple answers. You know, they understand things simply, um, I like to encourage, don't use terms like sleeping. Oh, they're, you know, grandma's just sleeping or, you know, Bella, you know, our dog's just sleeping. We want to give death a separate term and label it separately because it's a separate thing. And we don't want to associate sleeping or going to sleep with, with death. It's a different, you know, different event. So, um, you know, and, and usually they'll, they'll understand some, you know, if, depending on what your beliefs are, if you but it's okay to use those terms. It's okay to use death. It's okay to say passed away if you want to soften it a little bit. Um, but keep it separate from, from sleeping and things like that.
1: Right. Um, and yet we do say all the time, you know, we put our dog to sleep. Um, and, and yet you're right. That's, that's not really the proper terminology because they're not going to wake up. Um, so i can I can see where that could be confusing for a child.
3: definitely can be confusing. Then they start to wonder, well, am I going to just go to sleep and then not wake up again? You know, so that's why I always say it's it's good to to kind of separate and have you know give it its own name
1: yeah, absolutely i i can I can see how that would be important. um but I think even as adults, adults have a hard time uh talking about death and reconciling their own feelings about. Um, that, um, even in my practice, I like to say that, uh, people are optimistic because I hear my clients say when I win the lottery and if I die (laughs) and, um, we know that it's the exact opposite.
3: Right. And I always try to encourage too, you know, death is the one thing we know. Will happen at some point. We will experience death, whether it's someone we know or whether it's ourselves or a pet, we're going to experience it. So let's have those conversations. Let's talk about it. Let's remove the fear and the stigma away from death because it's a part of our experience here.
1: Absolutely. And I remember when I was a small child, I don't know if I was five or six, I went to my great grandmother's funeral and I can still remember that today. And because it does have a big impact on um a young child, and I think they do remember it forever and so, one wow. of the
2: one of the goals of the books was to um hopefully give children an idea of what to expect or what they might see and take away some of that fear of the unknown um in hopes that they will have a better experience with their very first funeral. A lot of people, their first funeral as a child is really confusing because you have no idea what's gonna happen. And um, if Grandma was cremated, well, where did her body go? How does she fit in that little urn? And um, just lots of questions and things that could be answered ahead of time.
1: Absolutely. Um, I just I think of so many things as a child, you know, where you sing like nonsense songs about people. Um, who have passed away or been buried. And yes, we have all of these weird um, kind of thoughts about that as a child that we really don't know, you know, but you hear the the jokes about, you know, the worms crawl in, the worms crawl out. Right. Um, and, and do kids really take that at face value and, and think that that's true and that that's what happens?
3: I don't yeah. know if I'm familiar with that one.
1: Oh, well, I'll sing it to you when we're done. Um, but at any rate, um, I think that what you're doing is a great service for families and and the message is clear. Do you have other books that send other types of important life messages as well?
2: Um, That's what we have so far that we've collaborated on. All of my other books are a little bit different in they're more just fun and entertaining type books and so this was kind of our avenue of getting into some of the serious topics of life and um, you know maybe down the road we'll we'll continue
1: I hope you do so what is the most surprising thing that has happened so far with regard to your journey together
3: well, I think one of the surprising things was we've had a lot of feedback from adults saying that the books not only help their children, but they help them as well, Right, which has been kind of really neat. Yep.
1: Well, and you know, coming out of the funeral industry, both of you, that uh, grief counseling um, can be helpful for um, both when we lose people, but also when we lose pets.
2: And some of that came from you have this sudden death or maybe it wasn't quite expected. And, um, now suddenly you're faced with attending a funeral for the first time. And maybe those adults are attending a funeral for the first time. And, um, there's not a lot of time to go read a bunch of books, join groups and, um, so this was just a, such a simple, quick tool that they could sit down and read to their kids and then suddenly, oh, well, I've never been to a funeral so this is actually really helpful for me, or hey let's incorporate some things that um, grandma or grandpa or whoever really enjoyed, they love to fish so let's do something special or they loved M&Ms, let's have some M&Ms at um, the, the gathering and incorporate them and honor them and remember them. So I think that we just didn't really expect that side of it to happen. We just thought that it would open up the conversation and help the parents in that way, just starting the conversation. So um, like Lacey said, it, it was definitely a
1: surprise and, and a wonderful surprise. That is a wonderful surprise. And, and we are much more about celebrations of life these days than we are about Um, funerals in the the sad sense of the word, we tend to um, want to remember the good times and really all of the benefits that that person brought to um, our life. So even when I'm sharing with my clients um, a document that we've prepared for them, which is a letter of special instruction to friends and family about what they want at the end of their lifetime. I affectionately call that the party planner and uh and I tell people here's your opportunity to participate in you know the planning of your own party, if you will, and um we've certainly have heard the stories about people who have hosted their own um celebrations of life prior to their passing because they wanted to have that experience with family and friends um today while they're still with us and and not. Um, leave that to the future. Um, So I think there's something to be learned from that as well. Um, The other thing that I really like is your message of hope at the end, where um, even though we have a pet that we've loved and now lost, that we can open up our hearts um, and our homes to a future pet. Um, It always makes me sad when people say, oh, I'm not going to get any more pets um, because it's just too sad. And, um, I agree, but I think that's the price we pay for love.
3: Yeah, I think that's exactly right. The price we pay for love. That's beautifully said.
1: Um, and, and so maybe I take it a little bit to the extreme, having six dogs and two cats and four horses, but, um, I, I always have more room in my heart for, um, another little face. I actually tricked my husband yesterday. Um, one of my friends had sent me a picture of one of our dogs when she was a puppy. And she looked entirely different as a puppy. She was she had a black face as a puppy and now she has a completely blonde face. So she grew completely out of that. But I showed him this picture and I was in the picture holding her, but you couldn't see me. And uh, I held up the picture and I go, isn't that a cute puppy? I said, I think we should get that puppy. And he says that looks like a dinkle face. And we call her, her name is Darla, but we call her dinkle. And I go, well, that's because that is dinkle when she was a baby. (laughs) So, uh, it's always fun to uh, welcome a new baby or a new member of your family, young or old.
3: Absolutely. We recently, well, it's been a few months now. Um, adopted a new dog and I'll tell a little story about my daughter just to kind of show grief can hit at any time so even when you think you know it's smooth sailing and you're doing pretty good you can still have those moments so it had been almost well eight months or so since um our Layla had died and my little daughter um she's 11 at the time and um after we had had our new dog for a short time, she was really sad one day and she said, mom, I feel guilty and I'm really struggling right now because I'm afraid if I love our new dog, that means I didn't love Layla. And I said, oh, and that's kind of what I went into. We have lots of room in our hearts to love many animals, but grief hit her several months later and she was kind of feeling some guilt over, over that. So we had a conversation about it and it was a nice, beautiful moment.
1: Yeah, that's, that's a great message. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Well, thank you to both of you for your efforts in this regard and, and for bringing uh, something out of the funeral industry into our homes that um, is really helpful to, as you said, not just children, but also adults as well. And uh, tell us where we can find your books.
2: So all the books are available on Amazon. They're also available on my website, which is catssocks.com, K-A-T-S-S-O-C-K-S.com. And um, yeah, any uh, bookstore retailer out there as well could access them.
1: Excellent. Well, and for those of you that wanted just a fun way to remember uh, catssocks.com, just remember all cats need socks. Um. <laughs> I just think that's so cute. Um All right. Thank you, ladies. I really appreciate um, everything that you're doing. And I hope that you write many, many more books so that we can have opportunities to talk in the future. But I would um, highly recommend Goodbye, Bella, A Pet Loss Story. Um, I, as I said, I reread it um, this morning before we talked and uh, it, it brought tears to my eyes because it makes me remember um, kind of the sadness, but also the joy. When, um, when we've lost a pet that we love, but all those good memories that we have um, when we had them in our lives. So thank you so much for that. Thank you. Well, and to our listeners, you know my motto, until there are none, please adopt one. And we hope to see you next time. Happy tails.
0: Thank you for joining us on All My Children Wear Fur Coats with your host, Peggy Hoyt. We hope you learned something valuable for the benefit of your pet. We want to keep loved pets in loving homes by educating pet parents about the importance of ensuring every pet has a forever home. Get more information about creating a legacy for your pet at AnimalCareTrustUSA.org or LegacyForYourPet.com. Buy a copy of All My Children Wear Fur Coats, How to Leave a Legacy for Your Pet on Amazon. Join our email list or make a donation. Pet professionals and advisors are invited to join our trusted advisor network. Until next time, happy tails.